the day the earth stood still. Lights, please. Then two things usually happen after the saucer lands. Uh, either the aliens are beautiful or handsome, they're noble-looking humanoids, or when they walk out of the ship, they're strange, they're ghastly-looking, uh, they're terrifying creatures. Uh, if there's not an immediate invasion, destruction, like a War of the Worlds, most sci-fi plots have the aliens have the aliens treating our planet's inhabitants like little children, like naive, uneducated natives, like we're backward, misbehaving kids. And the aliens then promise a new world, a new world of peace and prosperity. The aliens say, we've been watching and observing you and, and your wars and your greed and and your fighting is destroying your planet. And if we were in charge, we could do a much better job. ulterior in our motives, nothing at all. You will discover this for yourselves before too long, simply by testing the various devices which we will make available to you. We can show you, for example, how to add a certain very cheap nitrate to the soil and end famine on Earth for good and all. We can demonstrate to you quite practically the principles of the force field in which you may cloak each nation with an invisible wall, absolutely impenetrable by bombs, missiles, or anything else. We ask only that you trust us. Only that you simply trust us. Only that you simply trust us. Keep going, Linda. Santa Claus, on these Chris Kringles came without white whiskers and rosy cheeks and twinkling eyes. They were nine-feet-tall enigmas who descended on us like locusts. But nobody was counting or worrying. They descended on us like what? Locusts. Go ahead, Mike. Thank you. In all movies of this kind, a new world order is started. The aliens bring the whole planet together. Imagine, if you would, and, and I'll just admit to you right now, out of all the lessons I've ever taught, all the sermons I've ever preached, this is the most speculative of all. So I want you to know that right from the start. I want you to use your imagination, though. Imagine the impact of first contact, an alien visitation. Is there anything that you can think of short of the second coming of Jesus Christ that would more abruptly and dramatically turn the world upside down? Now, if you think that this is far-fetched, listen to what Jesus said as He prophesied in Luke chapter 21, verse 11. Jesus said there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars 
In fact, in verse 11, and Linda doesn't have verse 11, there will be great signs from heaven. Signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring, the tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror. Apprehensive of what is coming on the world for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. The meaning here is something in the skies, something in in, in outer space is causing great great fear on the planet could it be first contact could it be alien visitation the photographic video and eyewitness testimony of ufos is overwhelming doctors lawyers military uh specialists and commanders pilots astronauts even two united states presidents carter and reagan have all claimed seeing UFOs. I believe, this is my personal opinion, I believe the multiplicity of UFO settings around the world could very well fulfill the signs in the skies that Jesus prophesied. So tonight, like I said, I'm offering speculation. Something for you to think about. This is not a thus saith the Lord. But I want you to imagine Imagine how much a Bible prophecy could be explained through what the media and Hollywood has been conditioning our generation for. Over the decades, alien visitation. Tonight, UFOs and close encounters of the demonic kind. Let's have a word of prayer tonight. If there's a need in your life, your home, your situation, just raise your hand and I want to lift you up to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus tonight, Lord, we just minister to these that are reaching out to You. Lord, we speak health. We speak employment. We speak, O God, financial blessing, Lord, upon Your people. Use them to be soul winners. Use them, Lord, first and foremost, to reach their own families for Jesus Christ. Now, God, I pray a blessing upon this Word tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. The UFO... Uh, generation the ufo generation though strange uh, flying objects have been seen in the skies literally for thousands of years it's our generation that is witnessing the phenomena in an unprecedented way i want to share with you right now the top 10 ufo events in modern history We're just going to focus on modern history. The top 10 UFO events. Uh, Number one, 1947, Roswell, New Mexico, UFO crash and recovery. The most famous case of all occurred near Roswell, New Mexico. Uh, Rancher Mac Brazel found strange crash debris on his morning rounds and reported his find to the local radio station. Soon the military from Roswell Air Force Base was involved and issued a press statement, as you can see on the headlines before you, that the Air Force had captured a UFO. This statement was soon retracted. Number two, 1948 Kentucky, the Mantell incident. Kentucky Air National Guard Captain Thomas Mantell was piloting his F-51 when he received radio orders to check out a large metallic disc which had been reported by citizens of the area, clearly seen from the tower of Godman Air Force Base. After reporting that he was in pursuit 
of the object, radio contact was lost, and his plane soon crashed to the ground, killing the pilot. Number three, 1952, Washington, D.C. sightings. UFOs buzzed the White House, the Capitol Building, and the Pentagon. Washington National Airport and Andrews Air Force Base picked up a number of UFOs on their radar screens on two consecutive weekends between July 13th and July 29th, 1952, beginning a wave of sightings still unexplained to this day. Numerous photographs were taken of the unknown objects. Number four, 1975. Many of you remember the Travis Walton case. While working on government land, clearing uh, woods and trees in Arizona with six other crew members, they all witnessed a UFO. When Travis Walton approached it, he was hit with a blue-green light, which lifted him up into the saucer. The crew fled the scene. Walton was found five days later, unshaven, wearing the same clothes, and he hadn't eaten. Walton described a horrific abduction experience aboard the saucer. All the men passed polygraph tests regarding their experience, unexplained. Number five, 1980, the Rendlesham Forest, England incident. Known as Britain's Roswell, this UFO incident took place in proximity to an U.S. Air Force base. Several glowing unknown objects appeared over the base and moving through the forest over a two-day period. One triangular UFO is seen on the ground. One officer actually touched the outside of the UFO, which bore hieroglyphic writing. The UFO silently lifted up and flew away. Tripod marks were found in the soil. Radiation readings were 10 times normal. The incident was audio taped by the commander and remains one of the most authentic UFO sightings due to credibility of their witnesses. Number six, 1986, Japan Airlines Flight 1628, a UFO described as being three times larger than an aircraft carrier, flew alongside Japan Airlines Flight 1628 for 50 minutes as it flew over Alaska, with it even being picked up by various ground radar, civilian and Air Force. What makes this incident so impressive was the amount of time the object was seen, the credibility and the sheer number of witnesses. Number seven, the 1990 Belgium incident, one of the most profound and well-documented UFO waves. All of the reports related a large object flying at low altitude. The craft was of a flat triangular shape. With lights underneath, this giant craft made not a sound as it slowly moved across the landscape of Belgium. Especially impressive about this sighting were the speeds and the capabilities of the craft, which appeared capable of making maneuvers that would have killed a human pilot. The craft was also picked up by ground radar controllers and even, as you see, photographed. Number eight. 1997, how many remember the Phoenix Lights? The Phoenix Lights. On the evening of March 13, 1997, like a scene from a science fiction movie, a huge circular object slowly moved over the city of Phoenix. 
surround and surrounding areas, numerous photographs, and an abundance of video film make this one of the best documented cases in UFO history. Numerous eyewitnesses also saw a triangular-shaped object like the one that went over Belgium, including the governor of the state. Number 9, 2004, the Mexican military UFO footage. An extraordinary video film was taken by the Mexican military, and it stunned the world. The encounter occurred when the aircraft belonging to the Mexican Air Force detected 11 objects following it, which could only be seen using specialized infrared video equipment. Number 10, 2006, the O'Hare Airport UFO. On November the 7th, 2006, one of our nation's busiest airports, O'Hare in Chicago, was visited by a UFO which blasted an eerie hole in the cloud cover. The UFO was seen for several minutes, according to eyewitness accounts, of several United Airlines employees. But if you don't believe this, uh, how about this video of documented cases? Mike, if you'll go ahead and hit the lights. Some fear it could have been a meteor, others a black hole, and there are even those who thought it could be aliens. 
A strange spiraling white light was spotted in the early morning sky over Sydney with even sceptical witnesses wondering if it was a UFO. The unusual sight was recorded by hundreds of people from Victoria north to Queensland. A spiral in the sky around a bright light. And signs it was baffled by an unexplained circular light seen hovering high over Moscow Wednesday in. People described seeing a wide circular formation in the sky. Footage capturing the spectacle will help whether scientists and, and specialists find an explanation for the event. What was in the skies over Jerusalem? And why did it stop over one of the most treasured sites in Christianity? There's a new video this morning that some say may be proof we're not alone in the universe. A UFO in the form of a bright light is seen descending. This is the on the Dome of the Rock. In Jerusalem. The video is said to be taken over the weekend. Uh, then suddenly the light shoots up into the sky. Here's the, another video from a different angle. Here's uh, the the light doing the same thing. Now it is sparking intense debate on the internet. Trace Gallagher following this slide from our West Coast News. And so the question is, what was that UFO? What was it doing over Jerusalem? And, you know, is he back? Yeah, and that is the question, by the way, because, you know, critics, it's, it's difficult for them to dismiss this because there are so many different angles. We've got four different videos, all from various perspectives, but they do not know of anything like this in the Israeli army. All right, because I, I don't like to be scared. I, I just can't take it. It's, you know, I don't know what it is. Well, I wish I could give you an answer to this bizarre sighting. I really can't, but I can tell you that earlier today, there were dozens and dozens of people right here on 23rd and 8th. They were standing right here, and they were all in a super, just crowded together, looking into the sky. Well, a lot of people are looking up. It's because of a mystery in the sky. Is it a balloon, a UFO? Whatever it is, it sure has a lot of people talking. Eyewitness News reporter Jeff DeGates is live in Chelsea where crowds have gathered. Jeff, what's this all about? Well, Sade, we don't know.
very soon for an announcement from our government that there is in fact extraterrestrial presence engaging this planet and human race. Is it government or...? I don't know. It has to be something, though. 
please wow and that's about all you can say with that is wow um, so many sightings not just one place but so much around the world as you can see there's not one place around the world that's not being affected by so many uh, uh, sightings who's piloting these UFOs who's piloting them what if UFOs, fill in the blank now, begin to follow along with me. What if UFOs are not all swamp gas, weather balloons, planet Venus, hallucinations, top secret Air Force projects, uh, but real? You know, not all can be explained away as hoaxes or, or hallucinations. There are so many credible witnesses and credible testimonies. What if UFOs are operated by alien beings? of great intelligence and power, but that are not only extraterrestrial, but supernatural in origin. What if these aliens, and again, this is just pure speculation. This is probably the most fringe class and lesson I've ever taught in my whole life. What if these aliens are demons? What if these aliens are demons? The idea that aliens operating spacecraft might be other than extraterrestrials is being supported by a number of researchers. For instance, uh, Jacques Vallée, in his book, Dimensions, uh, Jacques Vallée is a noted astrophysicist, and he has a Ph.D. in computer technology. He's one of the world's most credible UFO researchers. In his book, Dimensions, a casebook of alien contact, he writes, some witnesses have thought that they have seen demons because the creature had the unpredictability and mischievousness associated with popular conceptions of the devil. If you wanted to bypass the intelligentsia and the church and remain undetectable to the military system, leave undisturbed the political and administrative levels of society, and at the same time implant deep within that society far-reaching doubts concerning its basic philosophical tenets. This is exactly how you would act. This is exactly what the UFO phenomenon does, end quote. 
other evidence pointing to demonic and UFOs is the vast number of contactees uh, or, or channelers claiming to channel alien entities. Have you ever heard of these people in the New Age movement? Have you ever heard of these who claim to be... Ch I guess we're starting. Uh, ever hear of these who claim to be channeling an alien? Uh, to me, this is just more evidence of the demonic nature with uh, UFOs and aliens. Go ahead and hit that real quick. Okay, I've seen enough. <laughs> I've seen enough. Hey, I want you to know tonight the new. Can we shut that off? There we go. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hey, would you agree with me the New Age is nothing but an old lie? No matter the label, Chandlers, mediums, psychics, talking to the dead, God's word says this in Leviticus 19. Do not turn to mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out and so make yourselves unclean by them. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus 20, I will set my face against anyone who consults mediums, and wizards that includes psychics instead of me and i will cut that person off from his people leviticus 20 verse 27 a medium or a wizard or necromancer one who talks with the dead supposedly whether man or woman shall be surely stoned to death they have caused their own doom god doesn't take this sin lightly why because that medium, that psychic, that seance person, that witch, uh, that uh, uh, Chandler is not talking to uh, aliens. They're not talking to the dead. They're not in contact with some universal consciousness. They're consulting, conferring, and communicating with demons. That's why God's word so condemns this type of practice. Some of what we're seeing today in the New Age movement is a con, it's a money hustle, but some are producing very real miracles, and the source is demonic. Beware. Just because it's a miracle doesn't mean it's from God. Read your Bible. The sorcerers, when Moses confronted them, the sorcerers of Pharaoh produced miracles. The false prophet at the end of time in the book of Revelation will produce miracles. Look at who gets the glory. Look at who takes the bow. Just because it's a miracle doesn't mean it comes from God. Again, the new age is nothing but an old lie. If you want real truth, if you want to know the future, read God's word. How about this book? Communion, a true story by Whiteley Schreiber. It was a huge bestseller. And it's all about alien abductions. Uh, and I believe it's one of the most compelling cases uh, for demonic control of UFOs. 
and it was made by the best-selling author himself when he had contact, alien contact, an, an encounter. Listen to what he puts in his book. Increasingly, I felt as if I were entering a struggle for my soul, my essence, or whatever part of me might have reference to the eternal. There are worse things than death, I suspected, and I was beginning to get the distinct impression that one of them had taken an interest in me. So far, the word demon had never been spoken among the scientists and doctors who were working with me. We were a group of atheists, far too sophisticated to be concerned with such archaic ideas as demons and angels i felt an absolutely indescribable sense of menace it was hell on earth whatever was there seemed so monstrously ugly so filthy and dark and sinister of course they were demons they had to be and they were here and i couldn't get away i couldn't save my poor family i still remember that thing crouching there so terribly ugly its arms and legs like the limbs of a great insect its eyes glaring at me End quote. The coming great deception, the chief sign of the end time study, all of Jesus's last days signs. And you'll find that deception, deception tops the list. Jesus's warning about last day's deception is so important. It's th repeated throughout the Gospels. Matthew 24. Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people at that time. If anyone says to you, look, here's the Messiah or there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs, false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Three separate times in the space of 20 verses, Jesus warns about the coming great deception. Mark 13, watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name claiming I am he and will deceive many. Luke 21, watch out that you are not deceived for many will come in my name claiming I am he and the time is near. Do not follow them. This coming great deception will be so pervasive. Jesus declares that there's potential for even the godly to be deceived. Write it down with me if you would. Satan's masterpiece of deception will be the Antichrist who will perform such amazing demonstrations and miracles. He will deceive the entire planet. Paul said in 2 Thessalonians, then this wicked one will appear. This man of sin will come as Satan's tool, full of satanic power, and will trick everyone with strange demonstrations. And will do great miracles. He will completely fool those who are on their way to hell. Because they have said no to the truth. They've refused to believe it. And, and, and refused to love it and let it save them. So God will allow them to believe what? Lies. With all their hearts. And all of them will be justly judged for believing falsehood. Refusing the truth and enjoying their sins. Here Paul reveals that there's going to be a time in our age when God is going to permit all unbelievers on earth to be deceived by a great delusion, a great wonder. This deception will close their minds and their hearts to the truth of God's Word. I, I think it's very possible 
Again, I don't have Bible on this. It's speculation. I think it's very possible, though, for demons to stage a spacecraft landing and claim that they're extraterrestrials from advanced civilization from another part of the galaxy. The discovery of extraterrestrial life, said NASA Administrator James C. Fletcher, would eclipse all previous discoveries of mankind. It would be earth-shattering. Sociologist Robert Pinotti said contact with superior beings would be shattering because it would mean that we humans would suddenly find ourselves inferior to other beings. Uh, uh, there was a report recently in the L.A. Times. If there is a single consensus among those involved in the search for extraterrestrials, visitation or contact would change the world forever, and the first few days would be sheer madness. The great lie. Imagine the deception demonic aliens might proclaim as we look at Bible prophecy. They might come out of their spaceship and say, we have watched your planet for millennia. We were the ones that seeded life here. We were the ones that left our DNA with monkeys and produced hybrids, which are you. There is no God. We are the creators of human life, homo sapiens, on planet Earth. We are the gods of the myths and the legends of ancient past. And we have returned. We shall bring total peace, total prosperity to your planet. There is no Savior. There is no salvation. We are your salvation. There's no heaven. We will create a heaven on earth for you. And we'll do it through a one world. A one economic system. And a one religion. Worship us. For our leader is the true Messiah that you have been looking for. You know, speculation that uh, UFOs, write it down, are demonic could explain many of the hard-to-imagine end-time prophecies. It could explain an awful lot that we read in the Bible that seems far-fetched. Uh, for instance, the amazing phenomena exercised by the Antichrist and his sidekick, the false prophet. Revelations 13 records that the false prophet, the henchman of the Antichrist, will do unbelievable miracles such as making fire flame down to earth from the skies while everyone is watching. By doing these miracles, he's deceiving people everywhere. He could do these marvelous things whenever the first creature was there to watch him. And he ordered the people of the world to make a great statue of the first creature or the antichrist who was fatally wounded and then came back to life seemingly he was assassinated and then he comes back to life you know trying to parallel the resurrection of jesus christ he was permitted to give breath to this statue is this a robot 
and even make it speak, then the statue ordered that anyone refusing to worship it must die. If I view that in a science fiction type of a mode, anyway, how could our world, how could all the nations of the world come together in a one world government? What would cause all the nations of our planet? What would be the impetus for them to come together in a one world? You know, I've often thought it'd have to be something pretty earth shattering to bring them all together. Revelations 13, verse 7, and it was given authority over every tribe, every people, every language, every nation. It's going to happen. Will it be the result of an alien visitation that brings the world together? What would bring the world together in a one-world economic system? The Bible prophesies this, that the Antichrist will force all people, great, small, rich, poor, free, slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or their foreheads so that they could not buy, sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. What would force all the world to leave the, their, the religion that they grew up with, the religion of their people, and form a one-world religion such as what the Bible prophesies. For the Bible says in Revelations 13, all inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. You know, one strong, strong opinion is that extraterrestrial visitation is about the only thing colossal enough to cause Hindus, Muslims, Buddhists, false Christians to forget their old differences and all come together into a one world religion because the evidence presented by the aliens which are really demons is so overwhelming some Bible prophecy teachers write it down feel the day of the rapture the rapture could very well be the day that the earth has first contact with aliens you see, the aliens would explain the massive vanishing of people, millions of people from the planet. You know, the aliens could explain, well, uh, we have beamed them up. You remember Scotty beamed me up. We've beamed them up to a far better place. They were special. They were chosen. Or, on the other extreme, the aliens could say, well, we have cleansed the undesirables from the planet to make way for the next evolutionary leap that you all will be taking under our leadership. Revelation reveals a world which will think the Antichrist and his minions are its greatest blessing, but they'll turn out to be his worst nightmare. we got a little video clip here for you. If you need to go to your next class, go ahead and leave. I've gone overtime. I'm going to go overtime tonight. Hit the lights for me, Mike. Can you pause that? Okay, remember this Twilight Zone clip in the beginning? The alien appears before the United Nations. Remember, he said, we've come to bring peace and prosperity to your planet. And then he left them a book in their own language. Well, the man getting on the flying saucer right now, he's a cryptologist. And uh, they were trying to crack the code of the book and decipher the language. Uh, they are offering free cruises, flying saucer cruises to their planet, which is a, they say is a big vacation spot. 
And so this chief code breaker is getting on the flying saucer, but suddenly his lovely assistant comes running up and shouting because they have just cracked the code of the book the alien left behind. It's a cookbook. I can't get the lights. <laughs> Talk about a good Twilight Zone twist at the end. They saw that they were able to crack the title of the book in the beginning, and it said to serve man. And they thought it was something positive, benevolent. It's a cookbook. Yeah. Read Revelation 9.1 in the context of what I've shared tonight. The fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given to the was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. When he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like the smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss, and out of the smoke locusts came down on the earth and were given power like that of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not allowed to kill them, but only to torture them for five months. And the agony they suffered was like the sting of a scorpion when it strikes. During those days, people will seek death, but not find it. They'll long to die, but death will elude them. The locusts that come out of the abyss look like horses prepared for battle. On their heads... They wore something like crowns of gold and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like women's hair. Their teeth was like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron and the sound of their wings was like the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails with stingers like scorpions and in their tails they had the power to torment people for five months. They had as the, a king over them, the angel of the abyss. Who's the angel of the abyss? Whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon and in Greek, Apollyon, meaning destroyer. Fill in the blanks with me. The star mentioned in Revelation 9.1 is a person, a person, and not a literal star. Who is the star? Isaiah lets us know. How have you have fallen from heaven? O morning star, son of the dawn, you have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid load the nations. Who is Apollyon? Who is Abaddon? Who is this? Satan. Lucifer. Lucifer. Listen, if you lived 2,000 years ago and God gave you a vision of the end times, how would you describe 
alien visitation. Could it be that Revelation 9, verses 1 through 11 that I've given you, these things that have breastplates all over them, these things that have the ability to sting with some kind of a weapon, that ancient John, the revelator who's writing this, is writing this from his own context. That's the only way he could describe what he was seeing in the vision. Many scholars have wondered. Read through it again when you get home and read it through the lens of an extraterrestrial visitation. Could these supernatural locusts be demonic aliens? Demonic aliens. Many ways, they're parallel to locusts, but then there's some unnatural aspects. Faces of men, hair of women, they have the teeth of a lion, breastplates, uh, the sound of many chariots, tails like scorpions. Uh, are we seeing some type of alien uh, demonic weapon? Uh, it's not a true parallel between an insect. The attack of these locusts is extremely, write it down, Painful power to torment people for five months. A scorpion sting is the most painful in the world, even though it's non-lethal. The bottom line here, Revelation chapter 9 reveals a supernatural manifestation where demons take on a physical form. That's what Revelation 9 predicts. Be not deceived in a world of deception. I want to leave you with some hope tonight. You want to be left with some hope tonight? You want to hear some good news tonight? Huh? Oh, I know. You poor people out there. Go to church and get scared to death. God's given us three major weapons to live in victory over deception. Number one, God has given us His Word. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17 Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, I could be completely off base tonight. I'm not even for sure what I taught you is going to happen. I'm just, again, I keep using the word speculation, imagination. It's just one way of looking at Bible prophecy. But I do know this. God's Word declares that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Our real fight is not with people, but with beings that do not have bodies, the body, the Bible says. With spiritual wickedness in high places, principalities and powers and demonic forces. What is our weapon against this type of a force and power? We use the same weapon that Jesus did. Jesus in the wilderness temptation when he fought with the devil, mano on mano. Jesus did not use his divine credentials and say, hey, devil, remember, I'm the son of God. Jesus never did that. Jesus said, it is written. It is written. It is written. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is written, thou shalt not test the Lord thy God. It is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him alone. And that's what you and I need to do when we're under demonic oppression, when we sense the attack of the enemy, when the enemy attacks our children, our grandchildren. We need to take our stand upon the word of God and move by walking and talking in faith. 
by quoting God's word. That's why it's important that you're here on Wednesday nights, that you understand God's word, you know God's word. That's why it's important for you to have daily devotions in the Bible where you study, meditate, read, and memorize the word of the Lord, especially his promises. Amen? Secondly, God has given us his spirit. Zechariah 4, 6, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Saturate your life with prayer and praise. Invite the right spirit into your home and into your car so that the power of the spirit in you is greater than the urge to sin or to cave into compromise or to cave into fear as we look at the days ahead. Thirdly, God has given us the blood of His Son, Christ Jesus. Revelation chapter 12, 11, and they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. The greatest weapon that the enemy uses often with us is to tell us that we're not loved by God, to tell us that we're sinful, that we're unworthy, that God does not listen to our prayers. Listen, when old Slewfoot does that with you, don't boast about your good works. You boast about the shed blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for you upon the cross. My right standing, your right standing with God is not based upon your good works or your good intentions. My right standing with God, my righteousness, hallelujah, and your righteousness, it's based upon the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Only the blood of Jesus turned the tide of the battle. Amen? Remember, which side that you're on. Stand with me tonight as we get ready to go. God's Word, God's Spirit, the blood of Jesus. Remember which side you're on. I don't know about you, I've read the end of the book. And we win. It doesn't end in a whimper, it ends in a roar. We're on the winning side. Our God knows no retreat or defeat. He's never lost a battle. If God be for us, who can be against us? Greater is he that's within us than he that's within this world. We're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. No weapon formed against you and me can prosper. Even if the enemy comes against us like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a banner against him. I can do, you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Hallelujah. Do you have a child that has swallowed a lie? Do you have a grandchild that's being deceived? I want to end tonight by praying for them. If that's your family situation tonight, I want you to just lift up your hand right now in the name of Jesus. And I want to agree with you tonight in prayer through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we lift up our hands tonight representing a child or a grandchild that's twisting in the wind. That, Lord, their eyes are blinded. Their mind is clouded. And, Lord, you're not sitting and ruling and reigning upon the throne of their heart. 
And right now we rebuke, we rebuke the powers of hell. We rebuke the, the forces of the enemy in the name of Jesus. The blood is against you. We claim that child. We claim that grandchild through the cross. We declare in the name of Jesus that they were dedicated unto you, O God. And the enemy has no right in that place. Their bodies, their minds, their souls were not created for the enemy. For Jesus has all authority in that place. And old Slewfoot, you have none. We declare victory in the name of Jesus and by the shed blood of the Lamb. Now bless each one as they go tonight. In the name of Jesus, amen.